welcome back to What Moves You with Jesse. We're back in conversation with my mom today, Cheryl Douglas. And I thought it would be kind of neat because I've actually never asked her specifically about this myself. I thought it would be kind of neat for all of us to hear what her experience has been like in being a mom. Maybe it'll inspire you to reach out to your parents to ask them. But even if you don't see that as an option or you don't have that opportunity, it might be kind of awesome for you to reflect in hearing what my mom shares today. Because, you know, we tend to get pretty judgmental about our parents and where they kind of fell short. And a lot of what my mom shares is really universal. All the insecurities and the worries and the fears and the how to do it all. You know, when we get more understanding about where people are coming from, judgment tends to fall away and we tend to come right back into our heart space and feel more compassion because we get it, because we're human too. So, that being said, I hope you enjoy this wonderful conversation with my beloved and my favorite mom. On with the show. Hi, Mom. Hi, Jess. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You said something about talking about mothers this time. Yeah. I thought it'd be kind of neat because Mother's Day in the United States is this weekend. Yes. And I believe it's coming for England. England might have already passed. England and Mexico's Mother's Days are really close to ours. Oh, so, okay. So it just kind of feels like nice timing to, yes. to talk. Yeah. Exactly. Very um, good. And it's so nice to... So nice to be chatting with you for the podcast. I've missed you. I know. I miss you too. It's been a long time since we've been in the same place with each other. Yeah. Yes. Same, same uh, dinner table. Been I a long know. time. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see your face. Me too, Mom. Yes. And I can't wait till we can be at the same dinner table, which is just around the corner. Thank I goodness. Know. Yes. I'm down one vaccine, just have one more to go, and then up, I'll come up your way. Good. Yes. I'm for that. <laughs> go both ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So my idea was, I was just kind of thinking about how I know a lot of folks struggle with parents, um, you know, even if they have, have passed away or passed on or you know, a lot of folks struggle with the memories and the stories and the experiences they've had mm-hmm. with parents. And something that has been very freeing for me, even though I've been really blessed with two parents that I feel really connected to. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of feeling heart connected to your parent you are still going to feel, I just feel like, you know, any chance we have to 
have more understanding about where somebody else is coming from. Yes. Um, it just brings so much peace because I don't know, it just kind of naturally pulls us out of all of the comps concepts we have in our mind about somebody. Yeah. And I think it's more <clears throat> what you, what you've always gone for is that wanting to know, especially as you got older, wanting to know me and and your dad is more a person as a person not just as in the role of parent i mean everybody has it in them and they find it but it's not just being a parent in a role it's about personhood and that's that's important and i don't know if a lot of people understand that um children of parents and even parents to their own parents you know it's just i think it's important to understand exactly what you said how they perceive the world yeah could be completely different than yours you know yeah did you find that you had more understanding about your mom or or both mom and dad after you became a mom? Yeah. Um, yeah. As, I, as we all grow, grew older, I think the best shift I ever did, which began more openness, is they, they did the very best that they could. What was handed to them also their own personal growth. So uh, my mother wasn't as open, I think, more to herself until she was quite a bit older. But dad was more, he was a real listener and was more open, just but more of a listener to, to help us all understand ourselves. And then as, he got, as I got older, he was just more open about himself. You know, I mean, it was, it was along the way, but then, you know, as I got older. So, yes. Tell me more about what you, what you mean when you say that grandma <clears throat> wasn't as open to herself and how, yeah, go ahead. Well, it's, it's like, uh, I knew that if it got too close, she and I could talk about anything, but we couldn't talk about my in the present my reactions to her or you know is it, it i could see when she was really doing some thoughtful things and so i i would tell her that but what not but just and that i noticed that as i grew older and i we could talk about the world we could talk about family we could talk about friends we could talk about everything, except I couldn't say to her in the present about my response to something. And it didn't even have to be negative. She would be very defended. And so I just thought it was probably pretty, because she was pretty fragile. So um, yes, I would have liked to have known her 
on how she saw me, like dad was more that way, how would just to be known more by her, or at least knowing that she was aware of things, but that the and some of the things about her childhood she didn't share a whole lot. So uh, I learned more from her sisters, my aunts, and so uh, that I wish she was more open about it because she had some pretty big things. I think she kept quiet um, because of. Uh, thinking it was inappropriate to share some painful times. You know, all in all, I could talk to her about life and what I was fussing about if it was somebody else or about me. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyhow, that, that, um, and she was very forthright on what she thought. (laughs) Yes, I remember. (laughs) She always said, you must Say your piece. She'd get that f- first finger out. You must always say your piece. What is your opinion on something? It's really important. So I think I got that one from her. And isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that that was so important to her when that was the part that she really had a hard time doing herself? Yes. She would, if she was mad, she'd tell you. Yeah. I'm saying when she was really soft and open, she, she had a horrible time saying, I love you. But, um, but that, that's just kind of her vulnerability. Um, she must've been terribly vulnerable to, um, to, to hold that so close to herself, you know? Yeah. So. And do you think that's part of kind of, does that get, do you feel as a very experienced mom of four, <laughs> do you, you know, I mean, you're sharing your vulnerability and, and your experience has been a gift to us. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's difficult for most moms because there's some kind of fear around sharing that kind of level of depth with kids or what do you think that's about? Well, I think so. I think first of all, you have to kind of get out of the role and see that, that um, evolve out of the role, be mom sometimes, but not 24 seven. And I, I think that the whole transition from being, you know, you're not going to tell a two-year-old their life, your life story because it's, they're trying to keep, you know, movement going. And, you know, they don't. And, and I mean, it's age-appropriate, right? So you, you share more as your kids get older. And so they become, from for my, my life, you all became women. And so then it turned into more of a short friendship. And letting each one of you go and know that that you're do just fine. You didn't need your mother. Want? I love when I'm wanted, but you really don't need me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is to me is more powerful in some way, is to be really wanted. And uh need sometimes, but but uh 
Um, so I don't know if I'm on the right track for you. Yes, you are on a great track. I'm, I'm bubbling with questions. What, um, tell me what you, tell me what you, uh, because I can very much relate as a helper to others yeah. on, on this, on what, what you just said. And, and so I'd like to hear more of what you, what you, what you're feeling around the idea of like expand on the idea of letting go of the role. How does staying in the role keep you feeling? And then how does it feel to release that? Like just kind of give more, color to that idea. That's a, it's a, to me, it was an, it was a natural transition. Uh, well, I think it kind of started. I have a saying when all of you get telling me what you think about something. <laughs> and I would say, who taught you to be so? <laughs> I don't think the word is confronted with your mother to be so honest with your mother, with your mother about her, about herself. Right. And then you all say, well, you did mother. <laughs> But I think that that's the thing about it. you have to move over. You have to move over and let them be, let your children to be pretty wise. They're finding their own wisdom and giving you feedback. You know, I always thought the mentor, whether it was a parent or somebody else, is that your job is to grow past them. And so you have to, you have to know when your kids in different ways have grown past you. I mean, you all have such different skills and some of the same, but just because of your family, but different skills. And it was so relieving to me that I could call you up and ask you about something I haven't got a clue about. You know, and some of that stuff of not of not having to be right, you know, but being able to move over and allow your children to be, and then you still have a small role of being mom when they need you, but but more becomes a friendship, but it, you are the one that has to move over or they don't, I don't think that, um, uh, that the friendship doesn't grow as deeply, you know, unless you, when they don't need you anymore and they just want you, I just had a, a sense of more and more as you all have grown that it's just become more of a friendship, you know? Well, I, I'm sure you all have a, some kind of vision of me being mom. I do. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. You asked me what would be the feeling I, I would think about being a mom, and I said, harrowing. I, Shay said it the best, your older sister, next oldest. Yes. Is, um, she said, you know, when Paxton, her daughter, my granddaughter, was a little tiny girl, little curly-haired, blonde, curly-haired little girl. And uh, 
she was, we were sitting at the table and just looking at her. And Shay leaned over to me and she said, being a parent is the deepest love you've ever felt and the highest of fear. But <laughs> <laughs> you're worried about them all the time. And so in those last few years, I've been able to put that down. You all are sensible. You have some wisdom. Some things I do differently than you. Sometimes, you know, you and your sister would do make better decisions. But it is true when you when you're raising them, it's just one hell of a ride, you know. And there really basically aren't any rules except listening to me. Listen as best you can. Try to have some time with them. And having your vocabulary, how's that working for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, in the small way that I can relate as far as being somebody who helps others, I know that I get in a real mess when, you know, I, for, for whatever reason, have the thought that I'm the one that's supposed to, that, that I'm the one that has the answers. Uh-huh. You know, that like, you know, if I'm really seeing somebody spiral or has really been in a dark place for a long time and we're brand new together, you know, I kind of have to be mindful of my own discouragement around, you know, if it seems like they're having a hard time hearing me or, you know, you know, I have to be conscious of, again, all the concepts in my mind, you know, and um, of, around all these ideas that, you know, that, okay, oh, that, you know, doing all those mental gymnastics of like, okay, how can I try to get them to hear this better? Or, you know, ooh, you know, I've got the answer for that one and they're not hearing me. And, you know, that's, it just takes you right out of this beautiful feeling of connection that is really the thing that's doing the work when right. you know that, you know, for in, in my line of knowing that somebody's got the wisdom inside of them, they're just, they're, you know, their mind is louder than, than the quiet yeah. inside at the right. time, at the moment. Right. And so I can only imagine that as a parent, if you hold on to the idea that you're the one that has all the answers for your kid, right. That that can get pretty stressful for the parent. And then all the, all the reactivity and behavior that comes from that. Yeah. And that's so true because it's just a, and it can't be a therapist for your family. You can teach, you can teach a lot. I think that, uh, I I don't know what to say more about that, but but that whole thing of it just feels so close. They're a part of you in such a big way, and I know your people that come to you, you become a part of each other in a lot, and it is a 
it is a dance. That's why I said it's harrowing sometimes, because it's a it's a it's hard not to jump in with you know both feet because I think that that was one of the hardest things of private practice for me, let alone having all my family, is that I had the expectation in my family, but I also had to learn if a person's in the well, this is an old teacher of mine, if a person's in the well, throw them a rope, don't jump in with them. And if you can have a little bit of that with your kids, but most of the time it's very difficult. You worry about them all the time. So, and then you, you can get times that you don't. You know, it, it isn't like it's suffocating you as much because you really clearly know that they're doing, they're making some good decisions for themselves. And if they make something they wish they changed, how are they different than us? Oh man, I wouldn't do that one again. You know, what what is it you learn from? So, I mean, isn't that about growth? Yes, That's about growth. Well, I wouldn't do that one again. Well, what would I do differently? So, but it is, you... it's a full heart. It's a full heart. You're 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 there in it in a full heart that um, through the bad and the good, you know, it's, you've just got to be both feet in the middle of the arena. <laughs> it's, it's an up and down thing. And sometimes it's tremendously peaceful. You know, I remember when we were, when we were younger and before you showed up, with your older sisters and we one of my most happiest times is to watch the Waltons and Little House on the Prairie and especially the Waltons that were real little and I would come home and we would put I would we would all sit on the couch and put a great big pink blanket around so I had Lee on one side Robin on the other and Shady was tiny so I I had her on my lap and we put the blanket all the way around us and we watched the Waltons for an hour sitting there. Oh, and that was so comforting for me. And so, and it was true. I was pretty tired back in those days, you know, I had more, I had more um, smarts when it came to you. So you just sat on my lap a lot. Yeah. What, um, that made me teary. <laughs> I still have that cute picture that comes in my head all the time by you being one and you sitting in front of the television, took a pic, some work and we're going to find it, took a picture from you at you and here you're naked as a jaybird with your little bones, your little <laughs> sitting on your bone. Yeah. And you'd sit there for a full hour at one years old watching Mr. Rogers. I that is that's one thing that's wonderful about aging. You have all these wonderful pictures to entertain yourself when your heart's real open, you know? Yes. 
Am I hitting the mark on this? You are totally hitting the mark, Mom. I'm over here crying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was busy. And I remember asking Robin when we were getting ready to sit down, or asking the girls, asking the girls, I said, what are you going to put on my gravestone? <laughs> <laughs> Robin said, she was tired. <laughs> so it wasn't like I was sitting here looking at them 24-7 or you. I was working. But when I was, those are such sweet memories for me, you know. You know. So, yeah, it's just so human. It is. The whole darn ride is human. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to be human. Yeah. Weaknesses and strengths. And I hope your kids always forgive you. But I think it's right. I think that what I didn't see, what I needed as a kid and didn't get from mom was a lot of affection. So I just remember with all of you guys as babies, I'd make your neck stink because I was always kissing on your cheeks so much and your neck and hanging jowls that hang down because you're all budgy. <laughs> that just made me think of, uh, that just made me think of the uh, wonderful wake up call that you would give us. And this was not unique to my experience. You did it for all three of my sisters too, when you would come in and put your, <laughs> so after you I'm sorry, I've got to say it <laughs> because it'll make people laugh. Let's say it. <laughs> you'd have your, you know, your three cups of coffee already in the morning and you'd come <laughs> over and put your mouth over our noses to wake us up. <laughs> Especially with morning breath on top of it. Hi. <laughs> I wake up. I'm so sorry. Oh, All please. All the dumb things I did. I'm, I, it's such, honestly, it is always the sweetest memory. Don't ever apologize. <laughs> your, your, your crazy humor is what was, you know, made life easier. <laughs> uh, oh, God. It's just, you know, it's just, um, I just think it's, I don't know. It just fills me up with such a wonderful feeling to, you know, to hear just more about what it's like for you. And I'm sure it's quite universal. Yeah, I do too. I think there's more. And I wish parents would share more about their, and a lot of parents do, about those sweet experiences, you know. And even as teenagers, I know I always had to hug weekend you. I don't know if you remember. Um, I mean, you were really busy. You know, you hit sophomore in high school and you started to dance, you know, out at the school. And well, most of our, your dad's my time was to haul you out there and then you start driving. Um, but with your sisters and stuff and Robin and, and uh, Robin was so focused on 
you know, she was she was in the drum and bugle corps and all that kind of stuff. And you all they were all in they were all in choir. So there was I mean, people were really all of you were busy. And um so anyhow, it was important to have some time. I finally got out to once a month. I had it to hoodwink you all. But I remember you the most just because I probably had more openness in my schedule at the time. But I <clears throat> I would say, well, let's do something once a month. And, and so we'd go shopping. And I always kind of grabbed you because it go shopping and, and buy you an outfit. And we'd have lunch and then go out, go and shop. And that was fun. But it was more just the time to know each other. And, you know, we had dinner together. And uh, with you, with your sisters, especially, you were with, I worked some nights with you. Yeah. You know, a little. Yeah. So, oh, that was hard. That was hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it's relatable for a heck of a lot of people, especially, especially these days, you oh, know, yeah. being a working mom is, is not necessarily the, um, you know, you were kind of a leader of the pack with that. But I think nowadays it's, it's more the norm than it is to be a stay at home mom. Yeah, oh, exactly. It really is. Yeah. And I know your older sister wanted to stay at home because I probably worked, you know, I was going to school. And having to keep everything afloat. So I think that's what she missed. So she stayed at home. And she was lucky to be able to do that. You know? Yeah. So, but it certainly is a growing thing. It's a very much, as, as far as a parent goes to me, it's very much self-development every day about anyway, being in the present. There's always something going on. Just always something going on. If it wasn't one thing, it's another. So it wasn't I, I never say I was boring. I was bored. Tired, maybe, but never bored. Yeah. I can't remember when I was bored ever. Yeah. Uh-huh. I do have one final question that I'm curious about. Always. Do you do you think I'm finding the words? Hold on. Do you think after having kids, did you find that you had yourself less on your mind because you had now your kids on your mind? Or did you find that you had yourself even more on your mind when you after becoming a mom? Say that one more time. Yeah. It's good, it's good, but I'm not sure I got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's probably something you've never thought about before. I'm just kind of asking you to reflect in hindsight. Um, you know, I think a lot of our suffering comes when we have ourselves on our mind all the time. You know, when we're thinking about. When we're thinking all the time. Yeah, when we're thinking about ourselves, thinking about you know, how life is going for us, how we are showing up in the world and what's, you know, what's up, what's up with that about this or that, or, you know, we're always kind of thinking about ourselves when we're not fully present. And, um, 
you know, of course I could go 10 different ways with that. But what I'm curious about is after, when you have kids, does it feel like that kind of can get louder now that you've also got the role of mom thrown in there? Or does it feel like it's less about you because you're thinking so much about your kids or is it worse almost in your thinking? Because now that you're thinking about your kids, you're always thinking about how you're doing with your kids. Well, I mean, I you could a little bit of everything, but for the most part for me, because your sisters were three years apart and I was real young that it was, it was really a management issue. You know what I mean? How is everybody going to do well? Um, because there's, a, you know, children, when they're young, they have a lot of needs. So you kind of get yourself out of the way. Doesn't mean that I didn't manage to kind of take care of myself in there. I remember uh, when I was a stay-at-home mom for quite a long time, uh, my sister and I would would take your sisters especially because they're it's a different life. For you but we'll go up and see mom on Thursdays and so that was nice to have that kind of camaraderie we did a lot of things together with all uh six then you were seven but uh which was a gift to us all um I think it's so darn focus I think that's what is pretty wonderful for the growth part is you get out of yourself and you expand yourself, focusing on what is really important. Uh, when you were little, uh, what what was important is every once in a while I do a, I remember saying to your father, I'm going to go do a two, two-hour trip around Macy's. And he said, I'll see you in five. <laughs> that was kind of that, that space of, I think it's every... I don't know. I did it every two or three months, or especially if the season changed when adding a few clothing pieces of clothing. But and then when when your sisters were real little, I'd stay up till two so I could hear the quietness and do anything that I wanted to within that time, because all the rest of the time it was focused on everybody else and making sure there was food and. You know, just washing the clothes and making sure everybody's clean, you know, making the beds. Blah, blah, blah. And so there was a, that the only time I really had for me was when um put them all to bed. And, and uh, I didn't have the same with you because it was so quiet. And they were all so much older, you know. So. I think that's huge, though, that a lot of moms probably bypass you know of just even finding those even if they look even if they seem like small moments you know small opportunities to fill themselves back up again mm -hmm. you know i from what i from what i kind of get a sense of with especially with the more older um paradigm around motherhood you know, it's kind of like give everything of yourself so that way your kid gets everything and has all of, you know, all the opportunities or all of the, all the love and all the, you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah. 
And so, you know, so it's like, it's, it's, it's almost like a, you know, you are rewarded by who, who knows, but it's like this idea that, that you are, you know, the, the gold star mom, if you completely drain yourself of yourself every day over and over again. Yeah. And that's just, that's a, um, that's a myth because it, it, um, you have to do it a lot basically to keep everybody healthy and, you know, and, and being able to play it. Sometimes I remember that it was probably more of herd hurting, you know, um, these three little people around and who was going to fight for the front seat in the Volkswagen bus. <laughs> so we had to negotiate all the time for crying out loud. <laughs> but uh, whose turn was it? Well, we went into the store. That means that's your full turn. <laughs> I said, oh, no, starts at home all the way around, unless it's mighty long trip, which we hardly ever do. It was just too much work. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, then we have Buffy, you know. The dog. When, when I was pregnant with Shay, and Buffy, my sister said, oh, she kisses too much. I said, I'll take her. So I had... I had this puppy and then I had Shay, plus the guinea pigs and the birds and the, <laughs> and the hamsters and the darn cats that came in and out because, my God, those people would, those children would bring home all those darn cats that then I would be fussing with. <laughs> it was just a madhouse. And the pickles, you know. The parakeet would holler when I got on the phone. You've heard that story a million times. <laughs> and I'd yell, Pickles! And she'd finally be quiet for a minute. I mean, it was. It was just a lot of stuff. Yeah. But somehow, Lee and I got laughing so hard about that kind of stuff. And I, I we just kind of made it through. And my brother dropping off his damn rabbit. It turned out to be a huge male rabbit that was about nine feet long, you know, biting my ankles because he was in the back. Anyhow, so that went on and on and on. And uh, you lived in a much quieter house. I did. <laughs> but you were the one that was busy. You yeah. were busy. busy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this I has been. I was close, but it just whatever came up in my head, you know. So it's true. There is a balance that needs to be with moms, and have some funny and and thank heaven when your sisters were little. I had four women that we got together every Thursday night because our husbands were in the band. They had a band together, and then when that kind of dissipated. And I had Sandy. She would come and we had tacos every night. So her son, Robbie, Robert, who's now Rob, um, she, uh, he was, you know, your sisters would dress him up in long gowns, nightgowns, and he would run around the house. And it, so I had friendships, and uh, that was really fulfilling to me. And then that's when they're getting older, you know, 
but but um, but that time I had at night too was really rejuvenating, even though it cut out a lot of my sleep. But I, I, it was almost more important than the sleep is to be quiet with myself and and watch a TV program and or um, you know read or whatever. That that was pretty darn important. And then I always had quietness when it, all of them had naps, you know, that kind of stuff. That was important too. My mother always said, take care of yourself. The child will take care of themselves. You sleep when they sleep. You rest when they rest. You know, so there's that. she was really good about that. She was very um, clear about boundaries and stuff. Yeah. I miss her today. You know, taught us a lot. Yeah. How to have a beautiful home and love nature and let it heal your soul. You know, that's probably why I had so many darn animals in the house. <laughs> I also think that's really a beautiful thing to say about grandma as far as you know, she had a hard time saying things, saying loving things. Because I remember that too. Like I only, I only have the deepest loving feeling when I think of grandma. Yeah. And I would get so excited to see her. Yeah. But just if I reflect on it, yeah, she didn't, she didn't necessarily use her words of affection. No. Um. And I can imagine as her child, meaning you, that that could, that could, you know, bring some stuff up in your head around, you know, what does it mean that she can't say it? Yeah. But sounds she to up more in acts of service, I think. Yeah. You know, she always cut my hair. And every day she would say, um, and she'd, every once in a while, if I had a new hairdo, she'd pin it. And she said, Cheryl, please ask me before nine o'clock. And I said, Mom, I never get to bed until after everybody gets to bed. So this is early for me. But then she'd pin up my hair for me. It was cute until I got into high school. Oh. So that was, uh, those are some real sweet things. And that was her, that was her more, acts of service was more her, her love language. You yeah. Know. When I learned that, that meant a lot to me, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that that's, that's a huge takeaway and what's important for people to remember is instead of kind of looking at, looking at the memories of your parents or, or even, you know, if you're lucky enough to have them still, yeah. instead of looking at what they don't do, look at what they do do. Exactly. It's got to be that or else you'll just have a heavy heart all the time, you know. So that's, and she was very helpful. She would come down and she'd be very helpful. So most of her thing is she folded the towels. She did this, she did that. Um, I remember we went through five boxes of candy after Robin was born. And uh, she came down to help me. Five pounds of candy. And I said, oh, mom, after we ate so much of it and we kept laughing so hard because we never did that. That's probably why Robin, after I nursed her, that she started to puke. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the sugar. 
anyhow, I could go on and on with the memories. And yeah. even the teenage years were kind of were kind of tough, but you know, we made it through it and and uh you know, we made it through it. All grew from it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last button thought that I have that's bubbling that's pretty loud in me, so that usually means I need to say it. Yeah. Is that this and this is something that for whatever reason, and you've shared this with you've shared this on the podcast before also. Um, but for whatever reason, it's been very natural for me my whole life. Um, that, you know, just if there's, if you look, and this is more for everyone listening. Yeah. You know, if you look inside of yourself and there's some kind of desire for a different type of relationship to your parent or with your parent. Yes. Go after it. Oh yeah. Even if the even if they are no longer with you and you just want to have a different relationship to the parent that exists in your memories. Yes. You can have that. Right. You know? Um, yeah. What did they teach you? What was so positive? What was really positive, even though there might be a lot of heartache that you learned, you grew from it in some way or another. And I wish everybody had uh, an easy time or easier time when they were kids. Some people did, some some people didn't. But there's no time like the present. Yes. To shift it in yes. some way. And it doesn't have to be that they change who they are. You can just have your own change of heart. Right. And that in and itself is what changes things. Isn't that the truth? That opens you. It opens you, therefore it puts you, puts them in a different place, you know, yeah. too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for this beautiful Mother's Day message, Mom. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I hope every mother has a wonderful Mother's Day. Even if you're a dad that's raised your children by yourself, you're both. You're a mother and you're a father. Yes. So uh, I hope it's just a good day. So I agree. Mm -hmm. And we hope that all the kids out there have seen a little bit more about the humanity of their parents. And yes. Yeah. Because having just a little bit more understanding when you reflect on, on your parents and kind of see them more for their humanness and yeah. you know when you have a little bit more understanding in your heart it's much easier to let go of crappy concepts that have been sticking around in your head that keep you feeling a certain kind of way about them that is true yeah that is true yeah you can sit in the same chair but see it differently it's pretty amazing isn't it yes exactly pretty amazing magical is that what you say oh you found your magic you yeah know? well i love you tons i love you tons too and wish i you were here i wish you were here but you're here in your heart and your beautiful face thank you mom yes and happy mother's day to you well thank you thank you thank you i appreciate that <laughs> And yes, 
it'll be a really nice Mother's Day. Your older sister and then uh, Lee and Robin are, will be here. That's so. wonderful. Two out of four ain't bad. No. How <laughs> lucky have I been to have four daughters? <laughs> I mean, I always wanted what my mother had was four sisters. And so only one more I would have I would have been equal with her. They had so <laughs> fun in there. They griped about each other all the time, but don't cross the Ballard sisters. So, <laughs> so anyhow, uh I'm the luckiest person on earth. That's how I've always felt. Uh, that's how we feel different. too. You're all completely different. With uh, a river of sameness. Because of the family, also. I love that. Mm -hmm. And we feel the same way, Mom. So Thank lucky. You. Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. It's hard to receive, but thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joy. I love it. Well, I will look forward to our next conversation and whatever yes. we bring to the table. I, and I just wanted to let everybody know, I thought that was a beautiful podcast with Michael. Just beautiful podcasts with, you, with your husband oh, uh, you, about relationships. I just can't help myself. I just keep loving him every time he opens his mouth. <laughs> so much wisdom. Yeah. Okay. I've been lucky in that way, too, and my other... Uh, son-in-law yes mark so lucky. lots of good humans yes good humans so okay all right i'll see you around the corner sounds good moon rises over the wall bash <laughs> i'll be at the kiki kitchen door it's corny i love it so much <laughs> so corny no it's so wonderful we gotta end it there because it's just too perfect of an ending <laughs> okay i'll talk to you soon mom yes bye honey bye i hope you enjoyed today's episode be sure to share with friends and family and give us a rate and review on itunes so more folks find us in this little corner of the podcast world. And give me a call. The hotline is always open for questions and comments. The number is 818-646-JESS. That's 818-646-JESS. Sending love in all directions, and I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.